yeah <laughs> yes 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 i'm definitely still excited i'm definitely still excited. i think i think there's a lot that we can do so we you know what we want to do is is to democratize access to tools that were before um kept behind closed doors by by big financial institutions i mean that's the overall ethos of DeFi. but uh you know in our case we're talking about ai trading tools right i mean right ai ai was that since since at least two decades in in finance if not longer but the problem is that the average person couldn't really access it right um sure it's been developed by hedge funds and by by uh powerful institutions so what we're doing we're making that available to anybody um however this presents with a lot of challenges that we, we are trying to solve and obviously the first one is compliance regulation and we're trying to navigate that space uh together with with our DAO and together with the support of of our legals of course but you know the the financial institutions they don't they're, they're resilient they're difficult to take down and they they build all this regulation around them to make sure well to protect their own interests sure. and in part also to, the, to protect the investors interest of course to not allow people to spend all the, the life savings into uh into things that shouldn't invest but you know we believe that you know people are capable to to make to, to to make their own decisions and we believe that we are actually providing good technology that provides benefits to people and so far we've been proven to do so Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. All right. So today I am excited to have joining me Marcello Mari, and he is from Singularity DAO. And Singularity DAO is building an AI for trading, but also building a few other things within their platform. And so Mar Marcello, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to have you here. We've been chatting a little bit, so I'm going to make you repeat a little bit of our getting to know each other uh, conversation, but thank you for coming on board. Could you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself? you know, kind of your background, where you're from, how you ended up in this uh, crazy world of crypto and DeFi, and then uh, tell us a little bit about Singularity now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brad. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'd love, I'd love, I love the chat that we had, that we had until this point. And yeah, happy to, um, to go through my background a little bit. So I, um, you know, I, I was born in Italy in, from, from a very small fisherman village uh, without that much international outlook, but then I, I started to travel the world quite naturally. I lived in London for, for about eight years after having an education partially in the United States. So I'm very like, you know, <laughs> to the States. Nice. But I, I spent a couple of years in, in the Midwest, actually, quite a, quite, quite a really? lot of land. Yeah, in, um, in Illinois. 
Wow. That is the Midwest. I mean, you can't get more Midwest. That's right. Like in the, in the outskirts of, I mean, in in a small place called Spring Valley, uh, like a couple of hours from Peoria. So I don't think, wow. I I, I dare anybody of of your audience ever been there. That's crazy. I grew up in Oklahoma and Texas wow. and was born in Kansas. So I have a little bit of that, but we didn't have quite as cold weather as they have in Illinois. So yeah, it can get, it can get cold in the, it really cold in the winter, really hot in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you were in Illinois for school? I was doing my uh, high school. So an exchange year and high oh, school. That's right. Was, okay. And crazy was 2002. So I was, wow. um, I left, I left Italy January, 2002. So 9-11 just happened oh. right? and people were like are you crazy are you sure you're gonna go I'm like yeah of course right <laughs> I came in I came into US that in Italy we did in Europe we didn't have the uh, euro so we still had our own oh, right so I came to the US with the US with with the uh, with the dollar at this low it's like ever, ever like yeah lowest ever. So, uh, so it was an interesting experience. Everything was so cheap for us. And then I came back and Europe had a completely different currency at the same time. So it was like, That's crazy yeah. timing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I saw- can't imagine what it was like coming into the United States just after that happened. I, I, I can't imagine. Cause I kind of, you know, I have obviously I have memories of that happening mm-hmm. and, and kind of this, you know, gather around the flag thing that happened in the United States. But at the same time, I think the country was in such shock that um, culturally it must've been crazy. Plus you weren't coming into like New York city or, (laughs) or even Miami or Los Angeles, you were coming into like the smallest place in the world. Um, Yeah, yeah, you get it. But you grew up in a place like that, I guess. I I did, I did, but like culturally very, very different. Uh I feel, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not teaching anything, but September uh, 9/11 was a moment of 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 breaking, right? It was a of a, a breakup moment for for the United States, and yep. you know, people started to polarize, and the country was in shock. They didn't know what was what's happening, but at the same time, also the rest of the world was in shock. So right. also, as in Europe, we were like, what, what, you know, is it going to be another world war? I mean, what's what's going to happen? Like, we didn't know how to react, and our political positions also in Europe were so polarized. We're like, yeah, you know, like. Some people uh, they were like pro and and uh, and against the United States, and it was it was a whole mess uh, to deal with as a 16 years old kid. Wow, the U.S. I and can't that, imagine, man. I was I was starting to form my political culture back then. I mean, I, right. I was reading No Logo, which is a book by Naomi Klein against uh, globalization, right? Ah. And, and and fairly anti-capitalistic. So I find myself in this mix of emotions oh and, and cultures like. Wow. And then I came back to U.S. in uh, 2011 uh, to the um, Indiana University in Bloomington. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. It's like the only. It's so crazy the places you ended up in in the United States, man. That's hilarious. I loved it. I loved it. I can see I've seen like the true Midwest. Totally. Um, So, yeah. So after that, I I just came back to Europe and went to uh, to London and then I stayed for eight years, basically after a degree in political science and political communication. So I've been working in marketing. Wow. Um, yeah, with startups, a different level, accelerators uh, connected to some big enterprise. And uh, and then uh, my passion was was writing and at that time was politics. So I was trying to cover the political side of, of, tech, of tech for- Oh, interesting. For, 
yeah, like reporting back Italian startups back to to TechCrunch, right? Which right. because the Italian ecosystem didn't really have a lot of exposure and still doesn't. Where I think actually there is a lot of interesting talents in Italy that deserve more more attention. But you know, talking, I was talking to um to one of the largest investment banks in when I was in Dubai, and they said, yeah, we invest a lot in Italy. But the first thing we do with Italian companies is like transplant them to the U.S. Like we really? take the and we bring them to the U.S. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, the taxation and the bureaucracy in Italy and corruption makes it very, very difficult to. Uh, that's to be unfortunate. Entrepreneurial, yeah. So it's one of my and, wife. My wife and I did a trip with our kids a few, two just before COVID for about two and a half weeks, and a big chunk of that was in Italy. And we would love nothing more than to live in Italy. So yeah. It's a great country to uh, to retire. I mean, I uh, I will definitely go back one day. It's beautiful. People are nice, and yeah, you know, the quality of life it's it's uh, it's impressive and probably one of the best that I that I find in my life. I mean, cost compared cost of life compared to the quality of services that you get is a public public health system. We take care of everybody. It's really really nice. But uh, to work and uh, and 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 build a company, it's it's uh, it's almost impossible. That's unfortunate. So, I didn't want to get stuck in that sort of like, you know, sub, like suburb of the empire mentality that Italians tend to have. Um, I wanted to be a global player. So that's why I ended up in London and, and I went to study in the US. But anyway, so by reporting to uh, for, for TechCrunch, as, as, as you know, as a journalist, you get invited to a lot of events. So sure. I started to build my network and meet a lot of entrepreneurs and very interesting people and uh and i'm somebody who learns by by talking to people so that's how i learned everything that i knew about entrepreneurism and entrepreneurialism entrepreneurialism thank yeah. you yeah and um and and uh and technology basically by reading and and, and writing and then i met a friend of mine that introduced me to ben gorsel and david hansen and uh, so then Ben Gortzel is one of the brightest minds alive in, in artificial intelligence. He's the inventor of the concept of AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. He's also the, um, uh, the father of Sophia's artificial intelligence. It's oh, spelled awesome. Ben Gortzel, if, you, if you're looking it up. I, I'm just <laughs> typing in my notes. Ah, amazing, yes. <laughs> and he has um, a very interesting, I mean, he was with Joe Rogan. But I think his most interesting interview is with Lex Friedman. I totally recommend everybody. To oh, definitely, because I love Lex. I love Lex as well. I have a man crush on Lex. The one with Ben is one of my, my favorite ones. Awesome. I think, I think Lex, Lex has a brilliant one, a brilliant New Year's episode with, with his dad. And they go through like... Oh, the, really? His I child. haven't seen, heard that one. That's Aren't awesome. You? Yeah, it's it was really interesting. So I uh, you can you can you know the, the one with Bangor said I think is a great is a great one. Uh and then um David Hansen, he um he's the maker of Sophia. So Sophia awesome. the Robert, right? Right. So the, the creative genius behind the actual look of, of Sophia. And uh so together they were uh looking to launch a platform for decentralized artificial intelligence. So with the thesis that AI is is too important of an invention for um, for us to to keep it secluded between closed doors of of, of big enterprises, right? So if right. you look at who's investing in AI, it's mainly the military, marketing, and advertising. 
right and um, uh, yeah and uh, so we don't really want like AI to be developed only for for these reasons and uh, and we did we the singularity net created a decentralized platform governed by um, a token called AGIX um, and that that was a brilliant adventure so that's how I started in uh, in blockchain I was really fascinating by by futurism by the concept of singularity by the work of Ben by Sophia and then I got to learn more about crypto and the ethos behind decentralization um, and it was really fascinating and then fast forward to uh, one year ago um, I was I was on a boat with my brother so every year we sail to Croatia uh, around August beautiful and then nice. I, I'm like I, w- I was I was bored and I'm like let me and B- Bitcoin was like six thousand so this was 2020 sorry it was around six thousand and I'm like let me check on what's going on in, in on CoinList and I saw the ICO of Near Protocol and I'm like let me try to participate and I saw a level of FOMO that I haven't seen since 2017. <laughs> Here is coming back, <laughs> right? So, yeah so i then and then you know i called ben and i'm like you know we should be, be doing something in DeFi. there's so much happening let's look at what we can do with ai in DeFi. and then uh, ben 48 hours later del- uh, delivered the first draft white paper of- wow yeah i guess and he it- uh, thought it was a good idea yeah yeah yeah. i mean i said <laughs> he said he had the idea on the back burner for a long time um so what he wanted to do basically he wanted to um uh, to apply decentralized AI to decentralized finance. So to, to go more in detail, he, he believes that, uh, you know, we can use reinforcement learning for market making purposes in order to drive more liquidity to small cap, uh, small cap tokens. Okay. In this way, you will end up supporting innovative projects that don't really get enough attentions from, from big VCs. Um, and uh, and and potentially make make good trades, right? So you're supporting the ecosystem while at the same time providing value for the people that use it. And reinforcement learning is a particularly good approach because uh, opposite opposite to to machine learning, for example, reinforcement learning can actually understand the impact of its action on the environment. Wow. So if if you use reinforcement learning, you'd be able to um to trade even small caps without impacting the market too much because that would be the problem when you when you when you want to trade millions then uh then then you know the 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 market is not liquid enough and you would have a huge impact on the market with reinforcement learning you'd be able to trade more efficiently can you sorry to interrupt but can you kind of explain how how reinforcement learning would allow that to happen is it just really kind of a, a matter of understanding what's happening existing in the market and being able to adapt to the changes in liquidity or is that the idea behind it basically so you would say and i'm not technical but i'm trying to explain it to you as as i understood it so reinforcement learning um works works similar to uh to a pavlovian approach of 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 uh trial and uh trial and error system of rewards and 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 punishment right Got like it. You would, with the power of your dog um so if you set the kpis and you invest enough resources and time in training a reinforcement learning algorithm he would immediately understand that he would, would make a loss on trades because he would make a mistake including slippage including price impact and so on sure. machine learning would just tell you this is what the price is going to go and I'll trade accordingly. And maybe he placed 
it plays a gigantic trade that will drive down the market. So that's why machine learning is not perfectly suitable for small market for small cap tokens, while reinforcement learning is. That so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I see that. So it would actually adapt and learn from what's happening in the market and mm. how much is there versus just you know, uh, I guess I guess straight machine learning is like the hammer, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, good, and reinforcement good. is a little more uh, savvy. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that that's correct. Yeah, the 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 drawdown is that to train a reinforcement learning algorithm, it takes longer time and and more resources and and yeah. more capital, of course. Um, but this is something that we are investing on at Singularity DAO. Uh, the, you know, we we have a team dedicated to that, so. Cool. Yeah, makes, makes sense to us. Okay, so he had conceivably had this idea. You said, "Hey, we really need to do something like this." He jumped on it. Twenty-four hours. You have a, later. You have a white paper. Yeah. Then you know, I mean, Singularity Net already existed, right? It had a token. It was it was out there, and its yeah. purpose was to advance AI on chain. I, mm -hmm. I assume. And um, now you were going to be kind of taking what was available already from that platform and the people that were behind mm -hmm. that platform and then apply it to trading in mm -hmm. DeFi and, and yield farming and investing across the board. And part of that was to utilize reinforcement learning to be able to uh, optimize trades on low cap as well as the big, the big coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure yeah. I have that. So Absolutely. then what, so then what happened? And then happened that um, we, uh, we, we, we start, you know the, the the fundraising process for for this project and ben asked me to lead it because you know by being exposed to the market and that since 2017 i had a lot of connections and friends working so and the funny thing as i said we start raising with bitcoin at around like six to eight thousand and then we finish raising with bitcoin at sixty-five thousand. Oh my god <laughs> like what's going on like what's going on here we didn't expect it like the whole thing blew up while, while Wow. Yeah, amazing timing. So we had all these VCs wanted to invest and the market was, there was so much excitement in the market. I remember those days I was on the phone 24 seven, literally like taking calls, explaining. Nice. And, uh, and it was only like three of us at the very beginning, right? So it was very, very intense. Um, but and eventually- it's sexy, right? I mean, it, it was yeah. AI and it was trading and it was, oh, we could make even more money from this and and, uh and and that's obviously everyone's fascinated when ai comes up so that's i can see how watching watching investors uh pile in on hype is a really interesting thing and with the credibility you guys had behind this project that made it even easier for them right it yeah. was like okay the, we have yeah. the biggest brains in ai wanting to do this this is a no-brainer for me yeah. Correct. Yeah, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't a difficult fundraising, although, you know, we were also like um, aware of the potential uh, that the market would have crashed anytime. So we wanted to like, yeah, we need we need to close this as soon as possible. So sure. So the idea was to raise 50 percent um, from from investors and 50 percent from uh, the AGIX community to which we would have want to give to give back for the loyalty. I mean, sure. these people, Singularity, so Singularity Net is one of the best communities in crypto. Like nice. almost like with a very strong sense of belonging. Uh, they've been with with us through the bears of 2018 and 2019. And uh, and then they enjoyed, uh, you know, the uh, the bulls of 2021. 
And so these people really deserve to be rewarded. So we decided to open up the sale at the same price of, of, of institutional investors to the community. And we raised a big chunk of, of, of capital from the community itself. Hey, folks, excuse a slight interruption here as I insert a bit of the conversation that uh, Marcello and I had prior to actually introducing him for the show. This seems like a, a good place to insert it. So excuse the disjointed edits here, but I thought that this uh, segment added value and would be helpful. And I think that naturally means as we mature and grow, things will get better. We're still going to have scams. We're still going to have um, exploits. We're going to have mm -hmm. all kinds of problems, but this kind of public evolution of this space to me is the most powerful thing about it. Like mm -hmm. the, com I, I say the superpowers of, of DeFi are the composability and mm -hmm. the transparency and collaboration that occurs to me, Correct. that, that is what, that is what really, um, that's what I think makes us better than I, com. I, I, I agree. Uh, composability goes hand in hand with um with the community basically right so yep. we, if we, if you if you see that we are actually building an economy made of legos where we all integrate into each other then the economy of scale that you can create out of it can actually outperform any any dot com uh, bubble and and, and 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 i mean i say that all the time but together we are stronger i think That's right. and there's a there's also like Potentially, I mean, like with all due respect, but I think our generations might have a little bit like better values than the previous one. And it's yep. totally understandable. I mean, the totally. previous one was coming from real estate money, you know, that their parents made money with real estate. That was their opportunity to make money. They come in and they're like, yeah, whatever, we build, take the money and go. Here we have a more, a stronger sense of mission, I think. I agree. In, well, I often ask people I interview, when you came in, were you a mercenary or were you a missionary? And what uh, are you? Uh, no, that's a very good question. Myself, myself, I I came in, I've, I've never been really interested in money, to be honest. I came in because I was interested into the AI aspect of what Singularity, that was, the Singularity Net was doing. They right. had uh, Sophia the Robot, which was very, uh, very fancy and interesting and fascinating. So I'm like, I want to work on that. And nice. then I was I was a journalist before. I used to write for TechCrunch. And, really? And, yeah, I was a freelance contributor, and uh, so I was mostly covering the Italian market. But I've written like a couple of blockchain pieces in 2015 for nice. some Italian media, so I had that journalistic knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is something that I would like to be involved. But back then, it was just so early, and I'm like, well, Bitcoin. I don't think Bitcoin will ever become like a currency, will never be like adopted. Um, so I joined in the space, mostly fascinated by AI. But the moment that I stepped in, I'm like, whoa, look at this. And it was 2017. I was like, well, there's so much money involved. So actually maybe this can go somewhere. And right. uh, you know, at that time we were going to blockchain events and I'm sure you remember this as well. Um, and uh, I don't know, there will be like consensus in, in, uh, in, in Singapore or um, uh, the other one in, in San Francisco we went to. You were going to this event in fancy hotels and people were like lifting Lambos on top of the rooftops, right? Like, it was like a shameless show of money. Okay, back to the flow of the interview. Thanks for your patience. In an nice. event we call the governance generation event because we spread out the governance, the governance as much as possible to all this community. And then we airdropped 5% of the whole token supply to the same people. So awesome. 
And so we created a gigantic uh, community that is still with us right now, support us through the whole process, and it's just beautiful to see the uh, the enthusiasm. And to be honest, I you know I think I can share this with you now. I mean, I it, I I also. You know, building in DeFi is not easy. It has a lot of challenges. So then you got the moon boys and then you have the when marketing guys, you know, all this pressure. <laughs> like as a founder, like imagine being from, from a journalist to a CEO of a company with over like 25,000 investors on your back. Wow, that's, that's crazy. I just easy. did a tweet about this the other day because um, I was talking to a founder that I've become a friend with, you know, from the interviews. Um, and it's it's somewhat similar to startups that I've advised in the past, the CEOs of those firms dealing with the pressure, but the pressure here is so much greater because you're dealing with thousands of people. One second, you're a hero um, to the community. The next second, they're dragging you through the streets of their discord, you know, yeah. uh, acting like you should be thrown out and, or worse. Um, and, and, I, and as I was talking to him, I was like, wow, this is, this is actually a little scary. Because yeah. the amount of, you know, and everyone's like, ah, they're rich, forget it. You know, they're founders. They, that's what they signed up for. But it's not, it, it, it's a very real thing. Um, yeah. The pressure you feel of people who have invested, people who have believed, people who have helped in the community and spread the word, um, it's very real. And there are so many forces outside of your control mm -hmm. and you're a human. So the people on the team are going to screw up. It's just normal, right? Um, so I can't imagine what that's like. I I've led startups, but I have not founded a project in this space. And, um, it sounds pretty scary. It is, it is. It's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's exactly, as you said, a lot, a lot of pressure. Um, and, uh, we, we did our, our, our fuck ups. I mean, especially at the beginning when it was the three of us, like, you know, starting with the, 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 the token generation event, doing the airdrop, all of these things, like in three people, we obviously, you know, screwed up a lot. And we went back to the community and trying to fix it with different proposals. And it turned out very well. But I, you know, I'm not going to hide that I had some very bad experience. At some point, people, you know, they find my address. They oh, find my no. Husband, they posted a profile online. They start messaging oh, her. No. It's pretty, it was pretty intense. That's terrifying. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I mean, that's, you know, we, we, we can live by, but, uh, it's, a, it is a lot of pressure at some point, like, and it's the, one, one of our most loyal members of the community, which, which I really love, but once he shared that, uh, you know, he was, um, he was in a coma because of COVID and during the coma with no connection whatsoever, he had a dream about singularity DAO. So when he woke up from the coma, he invested all of his saving into singularity DAO. And I'm like, dude, what this is too much to handle i'm not sure i can handle all of this you know? yeah that's insane <laughs> yeah so, so and it's uh you know you got people from all over the world and uh and 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 a lot of their um their finance their wealth their future depend on on, on the decisions that we make uh as, as a project and as a DAO. So. and it doesn't matter how many times you tell them yeah. only invest what you can afford to lose i mean you could say that five million times put a pop-up and a blocker on every port of the investment yeah. it doesn't matter people still do it i mean we we're seeing that now with tarot right people that lost everything in their lives because hey it's a stable coin and i'm making 20 percent, right and um it, it just breaks my heart and yeah. and look you know i have been too deep in projects where i have lost um but 
I've been fortunate to have lost previously enough to know I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Yet. That's crazy, man. I cannot imagine what that feels like. I, uh, it's got to be brutal. Imagine, imagine what Doc One is feeling right now. I mean, Incredible. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he made, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's still doing well financially, but you know, seeing your your creature like collapsing like that. Uh, hurting so many people it's probably like not in a good place and at the same time you had to be strong enough to try to come up with a recovery plan and a plan b so whatever people might think of of what he did and people might think that Terra was a ponzi since the beginning okay fine but imagine what this guy's going through because he's also a human being and i think from a, the perspective of of doquan i i have never suspected that it was an attempt at theft in some way right mm. my my biggest concern with him was kind of the level of arrogance um that he approached people criticizing or or trying to warn about the 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 algorithm the the model and so to me i think that's what's put him in a worse position and certainly i feel sympathy for anyone that's in a position of 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 an onslaught right mm. and the pressure of what you created being destroyed is brutal and mm. i also have been uh, guilty in my life of allowing my ego to run away with me. So mm. I also know where that comes from. But at the same time, it's um, I think it's very difficult for people to be sympathetic right now with him because of that attitude, you know, um, and that's a, and that's a big difference. On one hand, it juices up your community, gets them excited. They're out there defending your project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, that's a that's definitely a double edged sword. And that's uh, dangerous. I think I think I think this is a big lesson for all the founders in crypto. I mean, Doc One is and was was not the 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 only trash talker on crypto. I mean, you right, got of course so many founders. I mean, yeah. but this is a clear a clear takeaway that that you know that inflammatory language doesn't help. No, I mean it's okay. You know we, we're dealing with degens. Okay, fine. Degens they want to be inflamed. I understand that, <laughs> but this is not helping. I mean, look what happened to. Um, and the same, the same was with um, what's his name? Daniel Sesta. Daniele Sesta Galli. Yes, yeah. Wonderland. Same thing. Just same, few exact <laughs> same thing. Exactly the same thing. You know, you yeah. want to play the degen game, and then all of a sudden it collapses on your on your backs. And I, I, I also understand that it's not easy to keep your feet on the ground when you have all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of people investing and glorifying you as a same a semi divinity exactly right? one day you are a semi god the other day you're you know you're you're, you're <laughs> trying to open the streets <laughs> of telegram and discord and yeah so some you know they, they it's easy to, to to lose their mind and i think other founders in crypto have done it I've done it before. Um, well, I, I tweeted last week that we should be grateful to him um, mm -hmm. because I think, and, and it was because of what I was experiencing when I told you about it permissionless, right? Mm -hmm. There was an entire drop. Look, I guarantee you of the 6,000 people there, there were 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 that a few weeks ago were doing the moon boy, crazy, arrogant stuff. I didn't run into that at this mm -hmm. show. And I think... I, so I think the most valuable things that he did for us were number one, there's going to be a change culturally. There will be more, you know, cult leaders. There will be more arrogance. I, I'm not saying it's going away, vanishing forever, but there's a, there will be a shift. 
and there will be an attitude of, hey, we can be a leader, we can be excited, we can get people engaged with us, but we don't have to take that approach. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually think, you know, like we, you and I were talking about before, this evolving nature of DeFi is we just mm -hmm. keep learning from our mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the closed financial system isn't as capable of learning from it because first you got to wait for Congress to review everything for three years, right? Whereas here we're immediately like everyone's figuring out where the damage was and what we can do better. And so to me, those kinds of bad things that happen and, and people, you know, got a little annoyed with me when I said that last week, those kinds of bad things that happen are actually really good for us. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, so. Yeah, 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 no, sure. I mean, the system, the, 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 the ecosystem is cleaning up. Um, and, uh, but again, I mean, you know, the, just the level of, of, of conflict, I think it needs to, to scale down between funders and community and, and it, yeah. we need to get to a civil to civil level because it's becoming almost unsustainable both from funders and 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 the community so i i invite you know funders like you know to to chill the fuck up right i mean there's no <laughs> need, they don't need to put to put more flame in, in into this in, in incendiary yeah totally yeah. agree totally agree okay so we got off on a really cool track yeah. there um <laughs> let's get back to you uh yeah. so what we were talking about was really the experience of of founding something like this and you i mean you really came in like you said as someone who'd been a journalist mm -hmm. um and had studied entrepreneurialism but mm -hmm. you had never actually been hands-on and then suddenly it's you and two guys you know all of you smart but you and two guys running um, something worth now, I assume millions of dollars mm -hmm. with 25,000 people engaged with you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what have you had to learn through this process about how you do communicate? I mean, has that been, has, that, has there been a change for you or have you kind of tried to maintain how you've always been and, and just try to communicate clearly and move it's forward? It, it's interesting. I think my, you know, my, my style of communication has, um as as remain sort of consistent with some occasional shift but um i i believe that i need to stay as genuine as possible and to communicate both my strengths and my weaknesses and to communicate that we we're all humans and we're all here and we can we can make mistakes and we did it in the past and uh and now certainly will will keep doing that i think you know the community relates more with somebody who's more human and looks more human than somebody who comes in and and claims to be the next uh, Steve Job and 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 claims to know everything. I certainly don't know don't know uh, much, and I uh, what I what I been pretty good at is building a team of extremely loyal and and smart people around me that that are helping me to make decisions and uh, and right now. All the success of of singularity now now is because of these people nice. i mean i have very little to do with that uh i'm i'm just the public face of 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 the project but you know these people are the ones that are building the tools are the one that you know are doing the marketing campaigns are the one that are crafting the messages so i you know all the success and all the kudos goes to goes to my team and you know before and you, if when you come from a traditional startup world the difference the plenty of differences but one of the differences is that 
we, we are constantly in touch with, with by, by constantly being in touch with the community, we can steer and adjust the product development very quickly. And, you know, the community provides us with a lot of feedback. So I think it's a, it's the pressure that I have, it's been alleviated by the fact that we are in constant touch with the community and I have this big team that is supporting me. So nice. this has been, uh, I see the key to, to success so far and uh, and a very humbling experience a learning experience for myself i mean if i look at so singularity dow just turned one year old so nice we, we, thank you so we launched on 13th of may and, and it uh, feels like five years my god i can't believe it i can't believe it it's insane <laughs> if i see like how my life was one year ago and how it is now it's it's completely changed and revolution and revolved and turned turned around and I am very excited to see where my life is going to be one year from now. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. How as big... long as you're still excited, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm definitely still excited. I'm definitely still excited. I think, I think there's a lot that we can do. So we, you know, what, what we want to do is, is to democratize access to tools that were before um, kept behind closed doors by, by big financial institutions. I mean, that's the overall ethos of DeFi. But uh, in, our, in our case, we're talking about AI trading tools, right? I mean, right. AI, AI was there since, since at least two decades in, in finance, right? Uh, if not longer. But the problem is that the average person couldn't really access it, right? Um, sure. It's been developed by hedge, by hedge funds and by, by uh, powerful institutions. So what we're doing, we're making that available to anybody. Um, however, this presents with a lot of challenges that we, we are trying to solve. And obviously the first one is compliance regulation, and we're trying to navigate that space uh, together with, with our DAO and together with the support of, of our legals, of course. But, you know, the, the financial institutions, they don't, they're, they're resilient, they're difficult to take down, and they, they build all this regulation around them to make sure, well, to protect their own interests sure. and in part also to, the, to protect the investors' interest, of course, to not allow people to spend all their the life savings into uh, into things that shouldn't invest. On. But you know, we believe that you know people are capable to to make to, to to make their own decisions, and we believe that we are actually providing good technology that provides benefits to people. And so far, we've been proven to do so. So we 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 to make it short, we have these vaults, right? Um, and 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 these vaults they contain trading strategies. Uh, one in Bitcoin, one in Ethereum, and one in altcoin. And so far, we've been outperforming the market by an average of 20%. Yeah, so, I was looking at the numbers today. It's astounding. Like with the current status of the market and where it's down over the last couple of weeks relative to where you guys are, like maybe a point or two below yeah. Yeah. Um, where you where you started, it, it's pretty amazing. Let's, yeah. let's real quick backtrack. So you guys had this vision. Um, and the original white paper was really about being able to trade all kinds of coins, but obviously there is there is where you want it to be and where you have to start, right? And cool. so you've started with 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 these sets of vaults that are mm -hmm. using AI and human. Uh, I got the impression from the website and humans to manage uh, the trading of those. How how? So first of all, I'm assuming you chose vaults because that's the easiest way to get traders in. You didn't want to just hand people uh, AI-based tools that would be complex and difficult to manage yeah. and understand because that would just be a nightmare. Um, yeah. So you guys said, okay, let's create some vaults and we'll pick 
the tokens that are going to go in those vaults and then the algorithm will trade it, but there will be humans. And I'm just surmising what I think it is. There will be humans that can intervene and, or can make changes to what's in there. Is that essentially what you guys started with? And, and the, so we, we started with more humans than AI, okay. uh, but goal is to become as automated, more as automated as possible. So we want to, to let the AI do most of the trades. Uh, based on different signals that we are working on and different metrics that we are working on. So the end goal is definitely to have an artificial intelligence that can manage most of uh, most of these trades. Nice. Um, right now, there's a big human component to it uh, for obvious reason. I mean, developing AI takes time and, uh, and resources and we are getting there and we're having very good results, but we're not there yet. So the reason why we choose Vault is exactly that. So we... I, you know, I have this vision that Singularity DAO should be easy to use for anybody. I mean, I want my mom to be able to invest in crypto with, with, in a safe way. So in, in just a couple of clicks. Uh, and that's why vaults were particularly suitable for this mission. And, you know, we, we, with the market changes, we, we keep like coming up with new features and idea like uh, passive income solutions, whereas the, the traders can just move to um to yield farmings cross-chain yield farmings uh we will be implementing trading bots on chain so that that's a number of of of, of tools that we're working on um however on the long run what we want singularity out to be it's a fabric for asset managers to come in so we want to become huh. protocol and uh, and decentralize this as much as possible so we are creating nodes of the DAOs, and these nodes could be funds or traders that are coming in and develop the strategy and use our tools on our own protocol. And obviously, right now, we are the first users of this protocol. Sure. So Dynamics are the use case of this protocol. But give us like, I, I would assume it would take probably a couple of years. We want to decentralize as much as possible, invite other players to build the strategies on top and use our, our tools. So this is the grand vision. That sounds awesome. And, and I think it makes complete sense. You know, um, I, I mentioned to you that I have a company in the trading world and um, we have people that use our tools off the shelf, but many of them want us to have our already interpreted data just fed into their existing systems. So yes. it makes complete sense that the larger folks would want to do it that way now. And here's the benefit, um, right? A decentralized system like this um, theoretically would be learning from everyone that's utilizing the tools, right? Yeah. So now you've improved the capabilities of, of the AI for the average guy who's investing in Dynasets or maybe sets up a bot for their favorite tokens later or wh whatever the capabilities might be. But at the same time, um, that is benefiting from what the larger institutional folks are doing as well. I think that's, to me, that sounds like a really powerful model. Yeah, absolutely. You, I think you got it perfectly. Thank you so much for, yeah, for for explaining it so well. That's exactly that's exactly the grand vision. Um, and at the same time, we're gonna bring all of this and integrate it with the money Lego. So we want so anytime somebody uses this asset management tools, they will get Alpi tokens that won't be tradable. They will be you know they, they will be able to put them in in, in farming pools. Um, they will be able to use them as collaterals on to borrow more funds. So it, it, this way it becomes extremely liquid, um, unlike any other asset management, asset manager in, in traditional finance, where you have to lock up your funds for years. Right. Without, with, with Singularity DAO, everything will be decentralized. You're going to be owning your own LP and you can do whatever you want with your LP. 
So, That's awesome. And yeah. so what you're so right now you guys already have some yield farming in the system as well, right? So I can get the derivative token from putting it into Dynasets and then I can actually yield farm against those tokens further. Mm -hmm. I assume I can do it on your site, but also there may be other places where I can yeah. deposit these and get and gain yields from them, which, you know, if you're in a severely down market as close as you guys are uh, to break even, that actually can make the difference, right? Correct. Being able to have these derivative tokens earning for you uh, in addition. So that's yeah. that's a very powerful model to me yeah. as well. I mean, right now, right now, when when you invest, when you deposit in 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 Dynasty, you get an LP token that is not decentralized yet. But what we're gonna do from from June on, when we launch in the V1 of our platform, and I invite you to check out on in 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 June the revamped brand and the UX, everything's gonna look so much nicer. Nice, I mean, and it's freaking amazing. We have we're gonna have a new redesigned logo. So there's. There's a bunch of stuff that we're doing and we're also um we're also going to allow our users to own their own lp tokens and you know as exactly as you said like stake it and can gain yield on it and and we're also launching a dao membership so we we're inviting more and more people to become part of the dao and make more decisions together with us having increased voting power if you're part of the dao um and and, and a bunch of other benefits that we're going to announce in the next uh week so wow. they in time we're working very very hard that sounds awesome i can't wait to see the new stuff and the timing on this interview is perfect i love it <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's great um in terms of you know is it difficult for you all to find talent in this field or are the name you know are ben and, and david's reputations able to help you recruit uh into what you're doing Good question. So um, I think Ben's name helps a lot. I think it helps a lot doing AI and and working in somebody in something that has a very strong sense of of mission. There's a strong mission in the market. Um, recruiting and finding talents is never easy. Talents are expensive in this industry. Sure. However, it's never been like a particular particular struggle for us. I mean, literally one of our best developer. He's a whiz kid and. Uh, he he applied spontaneously i mean he reached out to me like with an email nice. with all the solutions to our problems and like yes you're hired like, <laughs> this doesn't really happen very often so like but that's awesome it's amazing i would say that 60 percent of our hires they came from from our community and wow. and these people are extremely smart extremely that's smart. my favorite stories the, the the ones that were already excited about what you're doing and just said you know what let me do what i can do to help that's fantastic that's great yeah. um do you guys kind of envision, I, you know, I, I often get in these conversations um, when I've talked about AI in the past, I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we have a chain of restaurants here in the United States called Panera. Mm -hmm. And several years ago, um, I started a, 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 some summer camps for teaching kids the fundamentals of coding. And the reason I did that was I walked in with my kids to a Panera and this was at the, they were one of the first companies to have this. And there were kiosks to place orders. And I said, I said to my kids, I said, this is why I'm always pushing you to understand tech, because this is what's replacing people. Yeah. Um, and it's only going to happen more. And mm -hmm. um, my my daughter said, Well, yeah, what, what are the people that actually were taking our orders? I said, there's only a couple of them left. And the rest are replaced by this. And that's going to continue happening. And I used to joke uh, to other people when I would talk about uh, AI, I said, it's going to be really crazy when, when the 
the marketing and the salespeople are selling to each other, right? Like when you have, or the AIs, not people, when the, when the marketing AI is marketing to the sales AI and the sales AI is buying from the other sales AI on the B2B side, I mean, what, you know, these thought experiments of what our world begins to look like, right? Mm -hmm. And if you all are successful, right? And, and you create a model that is wildly popular because you're making everyone wealthy or independent or whatever. Um, what happens to markets when, when it's, when it's all AI controlled and you're trading against AIs and no longer trading with humans? I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys think about this kind of stuff all the time, but uh, for me, it hurts to think about it, but um, it's exciting as well. You reach the, the the one that they call the uh, the financial singularity, right? The, yeah. Tradition uh, of always uh, basically like no fluctuation in the market anymore, which is not what people people hope for. But you know, overall, yes. I mean, I you, I think you're totally right. I mean, tech tech jobs are here to stay, and 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 that's definitely what I I think it will become across the board. I mean, you 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 can be you can be a sociologist now if you don't know how to code Python. Um, AI has been is programmed mostly by mathematicians, and you know to understand to understand um, politics and, and exit polls, and to make exit polls, you need a level of statistics and social and and social um, listening platforms, which are powered by artificial intelligence. So I think it will become across the board. We will all need to have um, a sort of like basic tech education. I'm not afraid of as losing jobs to be honest it will be a shift it will it will happen naturally and 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 gradually maybe some people will be hurt which is why probably we need strong support system and, and welfare system um but uh, it's also it's also in inevitable like um i was talking to um to my to my girlfriend she's a she's an art curator and uh, she was just reading an article that i didn't read so i cannot go too much in that but basically that said that one there was a big exhibition one of the main exhibition it was totally curated by artificial intelligence it's like what the fuck you know they told me that creative jobs were the one that were that safe yes they were safe and look at this now, now. she's gonna blame you is <laughs> exactly. this the same one that was exposed online yeah yeah yeah. oh so, my god <laughs> she must really love you yeah oh, well, she's fine she's fine but i don't think i mean to be honest i don't think an ai can curate uh, a whole exhibition. So I'm going to tell you this fun story if, if we still have time. I know that sure, absolutely. About. This has been a great conversation so far. So let's go <laughs> with it. it. In uh, when was it? Like April 2021st. Um, I, I have a friend called Andrea, Andrea Bonaceto, and he was also an investor in Singularity Net at the beginning, but he's a dear friend of mine. So we were doing a catch up during pandemic. So we were just at home all the time. So like, Let's have a call. And I found out he, he, uh, he is um, a skilled artist and painter. So he was doing digital paintings. I'm like, I, I found out this Instagram account he had. So I reached out. I'm like, where is my, my portrait? And he's like, yeah, why not? I mean, let me do your portrait. I mean, I have nothing to do. It's pandemic. It's lockdown. So he did my portrait. And then we were like, oh, why don't we make it more interesting? And uh, we get uh, Sophia, the robot, to, uh, to re-elaborate the portrait. And so wow. we did. So we fed the portrait through... Sophia's neural nets and what it came out was a portrait that was completely different from what the actual artist envisioned at the beginning. So in that in that process between what was fed into the neural nets and what came out, 
the AI was actually creating, right? It created nice. something. Nice. So we did. So we thought, well, let's make an NFT out of it, right? So we sold it as an, an NFT, and nice. we sold it for 1.4 million. What? And then, and then it went on sale. Then somebody tried to sell it for 12 million unsuccessfully. But yeah, so that's the story of my portrait becoming the most expensive NFT portrait in the world. That's so cool. It's it's currently exhibited in uh, Oxford Street here in London. That's so there crazy. is my gigantic face. If you go to Oxford Street, what? yeah, for this week, the my gigantic face is that. It's like you know, That's Oxford Street is like crazy. the uh, because it's like the uh, Times Square of London. So it's like it's like that. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's an obvious that's an excellent point right so the artist created and the and and the intelligence made it different yeah. or not necessarily better just different mm -hmm. um and the fascination with that um obviously increased the value but there is a lot can be said for people who are generative artists who create something to start with and then allow technology to make it into something else and that that is a great i mean that's a great lesson right um you know, in, in the last presidential election in the primaries, I supported Andrew Yang. And, mm -hmm. and the reason I supported Andrew Yang was because I, I have been for years saying that the singularity is coming, that automation is coming, and that we are going to have to rethink how human beings um, earn a living or create or what we do with our time. And it'll be forced. It, like you said, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. So I was very much for a UBI, right? I, I feel like we needed that safety net to figure out how this is all going to work because there's going to be a lot of people who get pushed out by tech that won't have a way back. Um, and th that's actually one of the primary reasons I love DeFi because I think DeFi has the ability to help provide that safety net. And then I do think we reach a point of what you all are building, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, the idea behind the singularity is that we um, we're no longer um, necessarily controlling everything, but we've we've built a, a a working balance with the tech and with artificial intelligence that benefits us. Um, and I think then we reach a stage where money is a much different thing, and our existence is much different. I may not be alive when that happens, but I definitely think it's accelerating. So to me, it's that's what's really fascinating about your job, right? Mm. Here you are in the center of this thing with some of the biggest brained people in the world creating these automations. Um, to me, that's like an exciting gig, man. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. It, it is super fascinating. I think we are at the cusp of a big, a big shift, uh, also energetically around the world. But uh, I, I think it will force us to, to rethink the way that we interact with with capital and and money in uh, in 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 a definitely better way. I mean, look at I I think you were making a great point. I mean, UBI unfortunately has been polarized by the the, the major political forces, right? I mean, it was it's it's almost impossible to take control of the dialogue, the political dialogue in yep. in the US. I mean, the the two, the two opponents are just too big. You can't really force anything in in between. They're just gonna polarize every conversation yeah um, and that was unfortunately for for the platform of of andrew young which i think it was great um but anyway so if you know if if, if we fear that truck drivers are going to lose their job because ai is going one day to drive trucks and i really hope so i mean i can't i can't watch humans sitting like 12 hours on a truck all day exactly i mean it's painful to watch so i really yeah. hope that i will do it but you know the 
the, the income generated by the, that truck is going to remain the same. It's going to be even higher because it doesn't have the cost of, of the driver. Yeah. If we were in DeFi, you know, that that same income would be redistributed to the DAO or put in a pool that people could use. To, so that's why I believe that we, we, we need to rethink that the whole system in a decentralized way. And we can learn a lot from decentralized finance. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I'm very excited that we had this interview yeah. today because it's exciting. Yeah. So tell me, um, there's more to this platform. You guys have a launch pad on the platform. We, we do have a launch pad because Singularity Net is becoming an ecosystem of companies. And, uh -huh. and I think it makes sense that uh, Singularity DAO is at the center of this ecosystem and launches Singularity Net related projects. So Singularity Net is, is working on um, is working on a project uh, called Rejuve, which basically takes uh, medical medical data elaborated by AI to support longevity medical research. So that's oh, longevity. Awesome. They have uh, Mindplex, who is in the centralized media. They have Sophia Dao, which is a metaverse around the character of Sophia. They have. Huh. Um, uh they have uh, is anybody working on video editors and ai because i spend way too much of my life editing oh, really? videos yeah. <laughs> of course of course we are not i think i think there might be some ai algorithms in the platform that might be able to help you oh my god it would be wonderful because finding an editor in DeFi is next to impossible people don't yeah. understand what we're talking about yeah that's I'm sorry true. go ahead you were talking i would love to hear more of the projects sorry about that no, no, no. I mean, that's a whole that's ecosystem. a great idea. So you guys are essentially using the platform to fund projects that are coming out of Singularity Net mm. that are yeah, utilizing correct. the core technology to solve other problems. I I love correct. the longevity one. I'm a, I'm a big fan of David Sinclair and other doctors in the space. And and Lex Friedman's had a bunch of topics about yeah. that who we were talking about earlier. Um, I. I, I tell my children all the all the time that I am probably one of the last generations that's not going to average a hundred years old, right? And and that their generation very potentially could average 140 years old. Who knows where yeah. it's going to go? But um, and the idea that AI is being used to accelerate that—that's right. exciting as hell. To to me, it's not even like wanting to live forever, but it's how, how we get there. I mean, like. If, like like Ben said, like Ben says, and if you're watching the 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 Lex Friedman episode with Ben, it's going. It talks a lot about that. I mean, if we had the possibility to have a switch to feel pain or not, what do you think people would do? So <laughs> it's about like you know trying to try to live a, a a a less painful life as possible and to get to a goal which, as you said, could be a hundred years old uh without without too much sufferance and i think this is a goal that everybody should should be fighting for because it's you know no, nobody likes suffering i mean very exactly. few people do but uh, <laughs> but that's another thing. well and that's the point right we're at this cusp of this opportunity to dramatically change how humans exist for the mm. better yeah. um and that was the purpose of singularity net right is how do we make sure this goes the right direction how do Correct. we make sure we make this as positive as possible. And that's also the function of singularity DAO. It's like, how do we make it so everyone can optimize earning? Um, and to me, that that makes both projects incredibly exciting. I, I mm. think that's, uh, that's a really fantastic place to be. Thank you. We're very excited. I think, you know, living, I mean, I'm excited living in this, in this era that you know, empowered us with so much technology to be able to change the world. I mean, uh, 
um you know my my parents didn't have the same the, the same possibilities and even even traveling now i mean it's so much easier for me because i can research places online i can can book my own fly it's yeah. it's, it's, it's and i i feel like privileged in living in this in this era uh but i'm not also like i'm not that naive to ignore all the drawbacks of living in a constantly connected sure. environment and we're you know we're dominated by um by but image it's so important and social with the portrait you give yourself on social media and notifications that are driving your life so i mean that's it's a whole you know that it's 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 challenging it's a lot going on it's really a lot going on yeah it is i i look i my my kids are thoroughly addicted to social media and it yeah. scares the hell out of me and at the same mm -hmm. time i love that both of them dive in and learn anything they want Right. right and and have 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 expanded their brains more than i ever could have at 13 or 16 right, right? and so it's such a again a double-edged sword so right. um so you guys have a new version coming out and yeah. uh new ui um is that also mean new functionality coming as well for the platform or it, or is it just kind of optimization of the dynasets that's that's what you all called your vaults right collections mm -hmm. of tokens uh, that are being invested using AI and human actions. Um, what, can you tell us more about what's coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, so the 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 one that we call V1. Is gonna, first of all, it's going to look awesome. It's so cool. I can't wait to present it. Nice. And it's going to be so much easier to use. Um, but the cool thing is that we're going to integrate with on-chain derivative um, trading this, the uh, exchanges. So right now the AI and traders that are only able to go long in the market. So they buy and sell um, mainly through the centralized exchanges. Um, but when we integrate with with the YDX, for example, uh -huh. then we'll be able to trade derivatives on chain. Nice. And, and, that you, and that you understand how we can actually oh, of course. make things way more interesting. So that's the most exciting feature that we're going to be releasing soon. So that dramatically improves the performance capabilities or opportunities of the platform. We're going to be able to offer risk diversified Dynaset depending on the appetite of our users. Very and nice. uh, we're going to be launching new uh, Dynaset on uh, on uh, BSC, which is now called, I think, uh, BNB chain. So yeah, it's 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 super exciting. A lot lot coming up. Again, new DAO membership, new possibility to participate new brand uh, and then we're working on the old yield optimizer more ai so yeah a lot going on very nice i'm going to end up uh taking a much deeper dive into what you guys are doing <laughs> i'm really excited for my own personal benefit i'm excited about having had this interview man that's great yeah me too it was great thank you so much for having me um i'll put it in the show notes but quickly tell people that are listening in their car so they can try to remember it uh or type while driving uh where, where they can connect with you and the, and the project well, singularitydao.ai is the website. We are very active on Telegram. Uh, my Telegram handle is at nevermind underscore AI. If anybody is free to reach out to me, dot never on, on Twitter. Um, and yeah, come come and, and, and join us because we uh, we love uh, we, we we love an engaged community. We talk to the community daily. Um, we listen to the feedback. So. I invite people to participate. is uh, is a great adventure, and uh, and we want to um, to to have to 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 drive upon this journey together. So nice.
Very nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I, I'm really excited about what you're doing and uh, I look forward to seeing how things go. I have a, uh, a daily show that we do. So maybe on lunch, a couple of days after your lunch day, you could come on and demo it for that group. I would love to. I would love to. That'd yes, please make a note. That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll send you a link. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you.